Should we talk about the uh, the Epstein comment? <laughs> <laughs> it really just shows how out of touch I am with pop culture. This really, yeah, it does. It does. And I, to be honest, I'm a little bit upset at myself for not having picked up on it and made a joke about it. <laughs> so last week. For context. For context. Brie and I were talking about celebrities and, and you know, the fact that they've got it harder than a lot of people a lot of people would think and you went on to talk about how you've always wanted to create an island for celebrities <laughs> and do we want to now, talk about why that's <laughs> now that sounds really bad sounds really bad on the week because apparently there is a celebrity island yeah i didn't know it's just a pedo island yeah <laughs> Everyone uh, was there, though. I'm so, everyone, everyone was everyone. there. Everyone, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking, uh, obviously. Robert ja- whatever his name is. <laughs> they were all there. Kennedy. So, so, okay, so to clear things up, we were talking about a celebrity island last week. Uh, you weren't talking about that celebrity island. No, the I, Epstein I island. was actually having a nice island. A nice island. Well, I mean... <laughs> Maybe now they would actually a like a place. nice island. Yeah, a safe, a safe place. place. <laughs> Not to do what they want with anyways. I just think the reason I was saying it is I feel like I like what's it called? Like celebrities. I feel that everyone just puts so much pressure on them and they don't realise the pressure that just being a fan and like those crazy girls, like the the pressure that they put on one person to perform. It's like even just influences, like the pressure that the people that follow, like people like that Sophie Gwidlin gets death threats every day just for being a hot mum. Like it's just insane. What, what is it though about, and I'm not putting, I'm not doing like a stereotype thing here, but it's like there is something with, women and like women like it i feel like you don't see that as much with like men male celebrities or male maybe they don't talk about it as enough enough but i mean Um, you you were saying this week that you there is like a tribal aspect if we were to look at like the evolution of this when women are being when women are successful they don't like they don't like that or something like you were yeah, saying? Yeah, so what I was reading in the book, it was like it's actually in our, yeah, like it, it dates back to our ancestors is in the tribe. If you're actually doing better than all the other women in the group, they'll kick you out. I mean that that kind because of because so they don't so women have this complex that they don't ever want to actually look like you're doing um to like you don't ever want to look like you're doing too well because mm. otherwise you'll get kicked out of the group so that's just like i wonder why so that's crazy. uniquely it's more thing. in women more in women it's still in men definitely but not oh, as much yeah. men kind of like thrive off each other and like pump each other up and like yeah like where women will tell you very threatened yeah, yeah they're very threatened, threatened. That. but i think yeah there's probably there's probably an aspect of like because men will typically resort to violence if there's someone that they don't like, we're talking like ancestrally, but women don't typically resort to violence, but they will t- like they'll resort to shunning and tearing down and, and and they do it in such a passive aggressive way, you know. Like that's why I think the internet is so bad for some women. Like they feel like behind their keyboard they're so powerful. Where in real life, if you actually went up to, would you say that to her face? No, like it's horrible. If you look, yeah, I I don't really do that, but you've shown me a few times, like especially with people like Sophie Gwidlin or maybe Sarah's Day and stuff like that. And you look at the comments, and it's like 
wow, yeah. like, that is mean. <laughs> That's yeah. mean. Mean. Yeah. And like, you know, it takes like schoolyard bullshit to another level when you're at that level, you know, like, and I, I just don't really understand. Like, I get that it's a threat thing, but like, just move. Why? Why do you, why is your life so sad that you have to do that? Mm. Like, it's so weird. It is an interesting thing. But yeah, so we just wanted to uh, address those comments because we did yes. have a few comments uh, about the uh, about the Celebrity Island. So we just wanted to clear that up. Isn't that Epstein Island? Like, I, I actually haven't, I had never really, I'd always heard of the Epstein thing, had never really looked into it too much. Obviously, I've heard more about it this week since the, since the, you know, all that stuff's been leaked. It's so crazy. So crazy. And like, how far do you take it? In what way? Like. How did, how does anyone know what happened back then? Mm. You know? Yeah, like what do you who believe? Who said who? Yeah, who like said, what do you yeah. believe? Well, I, you know, like I was listening to – because I was like why why are there – like why was Hawking there? Why was why was that – because there was a lot of like scientists that went to the island and stuff like that. And I was listening to Huberman on Rogan and he was saying like the reason that scientists did that in particular, obviously there would be some people that are like – genuinely just bad people but a lot of it is scientists will do anything to get funding for their for their laboratory so that they can fund the studies that they want to do and like it's really hard to get funding so they will do anything like they'll go out on a weekend and smooze with go to dinners with people that they don't like and not see their family if it just means that they can get some because they're so passionate about it so it's like I think a lot of it was that whether or not Hawking fell into that category I don't know but (laughs) It's a he did cheat on his wife. Oh, he did? Yeah. How? <laughs> <laughs> to think that he can, he, yeah, he has the ability to cheat. Yeah. Like, you know, pull on the women. Give enough Just status to someone even <laughs> yeah. in that condition and they'll, uh, they'll still, still uh, yeah, they'll still do <laughs> stuff like that. Pretty crazy. The memes um, are pretty funny. Yeah, the memes are good. The memes, the memes are good. Um, Bad yeah, situation. Bad situation. You got to make light of a bad situation. Yeah. Sometimes the internet always will. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, look. Today we wanted to talk about something called reframing, and it's something that we've used a lot in, like the you know, in recent years. And we wanted to talk about it today and like share what we've sort of learned from it because it's actually been like really helpful for us. And especially in the, in the last couple of years for me in particular with some things that, we'll, that we might get into today. Um, but yeah, so cognitive reframing, it is actually like a technique that you get from cognitive behavioral therapy, CPT. Not something that I'm, I'm an expert in at, at all. It's just this one sort of technique that we've been using has been, yeah, it's been really helpful for us. Yeah, it's like this secret little superpower that we've been like, it is a superpower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So cognitive reframing is just when you basically take a situation that you're in and you just look at it in a different light. And I know that sounds like really simplistic, but it's actually a very uniquely human thing. Like we're the only species on the planet that can actually do that, which is like take a situation, look at it through a different lens. And by looking at it through a different lens and a different perspective – it actually, it doesn't just change the situation in our head, it changes the situation in our bodies as well, like on a physiological level. Like you can genuinely lower your stress by doing it, you can be happier by doing it, 
So we wanted to sort of touch on that today because it has been really helpful for us. Maybe just quickly give one quick example. What do you mean by that? So a, a good example is if you're feeling, let's say that you're, a, a good example for me, was, which is one that I did just the other day. And it was like, I was going to the gym and it's like 4am. And as much as I hate to say it, it's like, it was leg day. And it's like, I do, I know it's a stereotype. It's like, oh, you don't enjoy leg day, but it's like the same as girls don't like doing upper body day. It's the same sort of thing. It's like of all the days I, I look forward to it the least. And it's like, it's four in the morning and I'm like, God, I just I'm walking to the gym. I'm like, fuck, I don't like, I'm just not feeling it today. And then I caught myself and I'm like, well, what if leg day was my favorite day? Like, what if like, this is the day of all of the days that I go to the gym that I'm the most excited for? And like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And I was just doing this while I was like walking to the gym and all of a sudden I could feel my mindset change. I actually found myself starting to get excited to go in there. And that's that, that's that, you know, our mental state changing our physical state. Like I'm actually, there's a chemical reaction happening in our bodies at that moment. And I started getting a little bit excited, a little bit of adrenaline going in my system. And I had the best session. And the reason that we call this a superpower is because we have the power to do this in every single situation in our lives. Another good little example is one, I, I've, I'm quite impatient. <laughs> Would we both agree with that? <laughs> just, and just a little bit. Sometimes I get into this, this mode where I'm like, I'm rushing. I've, I've got this like, this like theoretical clock that's just like ticking in my brain. I just feel like I'm always, uh, you know, got to be places. And I found myself, I was just like going into the shops. And you know when you find yourself like, you got like some old lady in front of you and they kind of, you go right, they go right, you go left, they go left. And I just found myself getting so frustrated. Like, you know, in my head, like, you don't want to know what I, like this old woman. I'm like, fuck me. And then, boom, I remind myself, I'm like, what if this is just like the perfect opportunity to practice patience? Like, what if, because I'm an impatient person and I want to work on that. This very moment right now behind this old lady walking into, into the supermarket, this is the perfect opportunity for me to practice patience and work on it and, and not be such an impatient person. All of a sudden, I just felt the stress in my body literally dissipate. Like it was just washing away. And it's like, again, it's, it, it is one of those things, which is why we wanted to do an episode about it. It's like, no, I don't remember it all the time. No, I don't do it every single moment of the day. But when you do do it and when you do remember it, it's a superpower because when we are in these situations and especially like we'll get into, you know, into a little bit later in the episode, especially when you're going through quite traumatic things in the family and stuff like that, which is a little bit more serious than being stuck behind an old woman walking into coals. This can be really powerful because obviously stress over a long period of time can, can obviously be not great for our health. And knowing this sort of thing and understanding and like remembering that you have this, this, this superpower at any time can be like so powerful. And with those emotions, like with, let's just use the lady as an example in Coles. What do you like when you're walking through and you start to feel that change? It's the neural pathways are changing, right? So you can learn every time you just that act of thinking about it you're creating a new pathway because a, then if you do it one little time 
the next time you're going to think of it again and it's like it's building those little steps even if it is just the lady at Coles that's good because then when it does come to something serious in your family you go hang on I can help my own self here yeah you know it's it's always just a little rep in the gym like that's that's all it is it's like and it is one of those things that the more you do it the more you think of it you know like another like pretty obvious example which I think most people will you know will understand which is like if you are on your way to work and someone just like rear ends you it's like obviously like we have we essentially have two options in in that you know in that situation we can just let it just consume us with rage and ruin our day our week some for some people they're much like Mm. some people get so caught up in these repetitive loops in their head of just like anger 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 and remembering that every situation that we're in can be reframed as a learning opportunity, as a growth opportunity. And remembering that like, we always have that. It's like, we have the power to just go like, ah, like that's a, that situation sucked, but it's like, but it could have been worse. I could have been really badly injured. We're, we're okay. And it's just like a really, again, it's like, we always have the power to like, when we get really angry at situations, like, the chemical react like the chemical lifespan of a of an emotion is only about 90 seconds. So any time that we're angry or whatever for longer than that is a choice. And we always have a choice. We can always choose to take it as a learning opportunity, take it as like a take it in our stride and just go like, ah, that sucks, but what can we learn from it? Or what could I have done differently or or whatever? Or we can stew on it and we become really angry and really bitter. I think a good way to also, you know, to quickly reframe it is to Jump in their shoes. What if the person that rear-ended you just lost their son and they're at the hospital right now and they're on the way there? You know, like it makes you tear up and you're like, I really don't care if he was on the way to, you know, like he's got to go. Or like, you know, if he was rude to you even when he did rear-end you and he had nothing to say, maybe he just lost his mum. Like you don't know. You don't know. The worst case, you know, like you just have no idea what other people are going through and people have that toward – they don't understand that towards you too. Like imagine if they had – and you did that to someone and they were compassionate to you like how much more under like how much more that would feel nice to you like yeah i know it's such a it's such a bible study thing like treat someone as you would like to be treated but it's like it's so true yeah and it all starts with just being like aware of it and and again it, it it's not the easiest thing to to do this like it's not it's so much easier just to get angry like that's the eat and just be reactive like mm-hmm. that's the easiest thing in the world is to just react to everything as we go through life until you're the, you know, like the, the, the typical guy on the, you know, you accidentally pull out in front of someone and it's a complete and utter accident and the guy's the- just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like that's the embodiment of someone who's just completely reactive and mm. just reacting to their, their environment and based on their, their life, their traumas, et cetera. That's the easy route. Yeah. The hard route is taking the high road, learning, like looking at everything as a growth opportunity and, and, and adopting that growth mindset. But if you do do that, you will be so much more content in your life. You won't let the little things like, you know, not sweating the small stuff, as they say. And you'll you just be, you're just less stressed. You know, like a perfect example of this is, you know, like when we're feeling that that stress in our system or like anxiety, like an easy way to reframe anxiety is to determination, like, or to look at, you know, 
stress or, or anxiety is like excitement. It's like, you know, like another thing that is, is funny with humans is like we will, we hate feeling anxious. Like we hate that feeling. Like before you go out and speak in front of like a crowd of people, that's that feeling of like sweaty palms and your like hearts racing and stuff like that. Like we hate that feeling, but we'll go on a roller coaster. Like we'll like it's the same chemicals in our body. It's just the frame in which we view it is differently. Now, if someone forced you onto a like zip tied your, your hands behind your back and forced you onto a onto a roller coaster, that would be different. But if we chose to go on the roller coaster, the the chemicals in our body, the cortisol, the adrenaline, the the all of that stuff, which is creating that our heart racing is the exact same as the person who's going to talk in front of 5,000 people that is about to have a panic attack. It's just a different frame, the same with watching scary movies, all of that stuff. The only thing that's different is the frame in which we view it and just knowing that we always have the opportunity to do that with every situation. And they've shown as well in studies that by viewing, like if you're like, let's look at the person that's about to talk in front of 5,000 people and you're sitting there, you're anxious, your heart's racing and you're like fumbling and you're sort of shaking I kind of have that in general. Yeah, you're <laughs> – so we did a personality <laughs> test recently and it like ranked certain things, personality traits obviously out of 100 and you got anxiety 100. <laughs> Every time I get any sort of worry or anything, you just go anxiety 100. <laughs> <laughs> Who died? <laughs> Who died? <laughs> like the other day like it's like uh, a thing on our wall fell off and it like just made this huge sound and like it just showed out like the yin and, yin and yang of, of us. Like it was just such a different reaction. You were in the room, I was in the lounge room and like this thing fell down and just went like bang. And I just looked up. I just went like this. It went bang. I just went, what was that? You went, what the fuck was that? Like, I was like, you scared me more than the poster falling off the wall. I was like anxiety 100. Anxiety 100. Yeah. Um, so, so what they've shown with people that are in that situation, if you just become aware of the fact or you let someone know, like in that situation they're about to stand, go on stage, they're, they're really anxious, and you remind them that these feelings that you're feeling right now, that feeling of anxiousness, that feeling of stress, those feelings, those chemicals in your body right now are there to make sure that you perform at your best. Like if you went out there and you were just as like as relaxed as you were like are when you're just like laying on your couch watching Netflix, it's like you're not going to perform at your best. Anxiety comes from a place of like fear of the unknown. But if you feel those feelings, that anxiousness, and you're like, hang on, this is like our fight or flight system, making sure that I can survive, making sure that I can thrive and perform at my best. And they've shown that by just letting people know that, they perform about 33% better. Again, it's just look, It's just the frame in which we view it. Okay, so if for everyone listening, is there like a framework that you can do, you know, like to get this happening like in your life? A framework? Um, the, the, the biggest one for me which has been really helpful is just looking at everything as a learning opportunity. Like an easy one is like to, rather than looking at failure as a bad thing, failure is a learning opportunity. And I find that if you adopt that with almost everything in your life, that's a really good place to start. You know, the, the reason that I said that this has been such a powerful uh, technique for me in particular is because, not to get too far into it, but like dealing with 
a certain situation in my family, dealing with addiction has been like really difficult over these last few years, like really, really, really hard. And I don't think that if I hadn't, if I hadn't learned this technique of looking at everything through the lens of a growth mindset, what can I learn from this? Maybe coming at it from a more empathetic standpoint to the person that is going through this, that is whatever. I think, I don't think I would have dealt with it as well. Um, And I've really had to work on that. Like every time this situation comes up and it's really sad and it makes me really angry and going like, well, hang on, what can I learn from this? And it's a very stoic approach. Like it's very much around everything, no matter how good or bad in our life can be used as fuel. Like it's helping me grow as a person, although it's a bad situation, although it's incredibly sad, although it's, I would love nothing more than for it not to be happening this way. It is happening this way. Mm. It's a radical acceptance of that situation and going, well, what can I learn from it as a person, as a family member? How can I become better to either help that person or become a better person moving forward? Well, that's what I was just about to say. When you're saying that out loud, it's like you, like when you reframe for, and you get into, you know, the addictions per, like side of personal view and you, you start to feel for them on their side – it instantly changes you but that's also so you're doing two things you're being empathetic to the person but you're also helping yourself at the same time you're getting yourself through that grief or through that you know that situation much better than you are reacting or being angry because you can only be angry for so long and then you'll instantly regret it if something ever happens so it's like how you may as well skip that part you may as well skip that part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's where... But you're also entitled to being... Ang- like, that's where I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever just... Like, you can't just live your whole life and be like, so nice to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You have your own boundaries, but mm-hmm. look after yourself first. Look and it's always yourself. put your mask on first, you know. But that is yeah. helping you put your mask... Like, that's you helping yourself in it the is. same sense of helping them. And, like, I've felt both feelings. Like, mm. going back to this situation that we're talking about right now, like, I've been consumed with anger. I've been... And it 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 contributed to my insomnia. I was anxious. I was angry. I was drinking a lot. Like, it was like, looking back in hindsight, I didn't realise that it was coming from that. But it was like, I can tell now that it was because it's just how you deal with it. Mm. And when you slowly but surely, like, this wasn't an overnight thing, but when you slowly but surely go like, hang on, like, you know... I've got to turn this anger into something positive. The, again, like going back to that, like it, you feel the stress melt away. Now it's not to say that it's not stressful. No. It is stressful, but it's a, there's a different kind of stress than when you're like in the thick of the stress and there's a situation happening and you're reacting to that right now as opposed to just stewing on something and just being incredibly angry and just going like – that's chronic stress. That's going to really. That's going to lead to disease. That's that's the sort of stress that will eat you alive. And that that's, comes back to the people that become incredibly, incredibly, you know, bitter over their lifetime. They let these things that might have happened to them. Maybe someone treated them poorly, and they let it consume them, and it eats them alive. As opposed to just taking it, accepting it, and going like, "What can we learn from this?" Well, and I then think, moving on. Yeah, I think. The first time that I really experienced the power, like the superpower or whatever we're going to call it today, um, was dealing with infertility, you know, like we're hitting our fifth year and like it's – you can 
be as sad as you want. Like, yeah, it's hard to deal with. It never happens at the moment. Like every month is just as hard as the last. The multiple miscarriages, like everything's hard. Mm. But to be able to, when I sat back and like obviously you helped me get through it, but like when you sit back and you go, imagine even right now how grateful I am if I had kids, if I had the baby five years ago. What I what I know now is so different. Like, it's just it just blows my mind that it's like I know so much more now. And every month, I am so grateful that I have learnt another month of education, of understanding, finding out who I am, finding out who you are. Like, so many more things that you can actually, you know, I don't know how to say. It. It's hard well, to say. Well, it's, there's there's two paths there, right? With what you're saying in in this particular situation. The first path is every month being sad and being angry at the situation and being angry at the universe for like why is this happening to us like everyone else just gets to have babies and like duh. That contributes to more stress. More stress contributes to it becoming even harder to have a baby and then when you do have a baby you have been stressed this whole time and then you're angry and then you're not becoming a better version of yourself so that you're a better, ultimately a, a better parent. The path that we're trying to take, which is not easy, which is looking at it like, well, every single month that it doesn't happen is another month that we learn a little bit more, we become a little bit better, which is ultimately going to be, make us better parents. This path is less stressful. It's probably more likely to result in an, in an eventual pregnancy because obviously stress is like the biggest hindrance towards falling pregnant. Anxiety 100. <laughs> um, and that's that. There's, there's only two options. And I think... Also, it's helping uh, helping me want to help others, which in the scheme of things, that's what we're here to do on this planet, you know, is to ultimately help someone just a little bit further back than you. Um, and I just find that if you can do that and if you can use that as a power rather than using it as a negative, then it'll really help you no matter what you're going through. Yep. Like just really, really, tr even if it's just a tiny little bit, even – but. Again, back to you still entitled, like I'm still entitled to feel all the feelings with infertility. I'm not not entitled to feel those things. Yeah, I want to I want to be like really clear here. This reframing things and looking at everything doesn't make you you're not lying to yourself about the situation. You're not like becoming that overly positive person that's mm. just like super annoying and it's like everything is great. It's it's not that. It's it's really looking at it like yes, this sucks. This is the worst. But Again, like you only have two options. You walk outside, you get hit by a car and lose a leg. You either let that completely and utterly ruin your life or you go like, yes, this sucks. All right, what do I got to do? How do I become the best version of myself now? How do I get stronger? How do I start walking again? ASAP. And you always see there's, there's you see it all the time. You're like, these people that have the, the worst stuff happen to them, the worst accident, maybe they're born with whatever, right? And yet they become these incredibly positive people that make a huge amount of change and like genuinely help millions of people's lives. It's like what's the difference between that and the person who some traumatic thing happened and they just let it eat them up and they become whatever. It's because that person knows they only have two choices. One, they let it – they become the – it's the victim or the hero. Mm. Like that's what it is. <clears throat> and well, it's taking your power back. So it's like giving – the things that are in your – and that's what stoicism is all about. And it's like w the power that you have 
you're taking it back and that's within your driver's seat and you're like, I'm taking control of this situation and I'm going to be in the power. I'm not going to let the thing that happened to me take over me. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really, when you realize that and you get rid of the victim mentality and you like, because if you think that the universe is out to get you, you've just had it bad. It's like, oh, I've just got, you know, it's like, you're one person against the universe, you are fucked. You're fucked. But if you go like, this sucks, I was born into this family and it's, you know, you know, we're, we're poor, we've, we've had trauma, like whatever that situation might be. And you go like, but I've got the power to get out of this. I've got the power to learn, upskill myself, the, the way that I view the situation. Like that is all within my power. Now you're in control. And that's a good, that's, that's the best position to be in. Well, I feel like a lot of people do that with money, right? Like I think people go, oh, yeah, everything costs so much. Everything, every inflation's getting us. And they'll just sit there and whinge about money and then, and then just stay poor instead of looking at it like, no, okay, money's going up. How can I earn more? Instead of just like, yes, it takes more time. Yes, you've got to learn something on the side. But like it's just again reframing yourself and go okay we need x this week how can i earn that what can i learn that could possibly give me an extra hundred dollars a week you know like it's a similar situation to and we could talk about this all day but we'll we'll keep giving examples because i think it's really helpful for someone listening it's like you could look at it like i'm not going to start a business because we're about to go into a recession and that's a really bad time to start it's like okay then don't ever start Stay doing what you're doing and then eventually become extremely unhappy. And rely on the government. Rely on the government. Or you could go and you can actually look at this on like the Fortune 500 list and you can go, a lot of these companies started in the Great Depression. Why are they the ones that did really well? And it's like, because if you can start in a depression, if you can start in a recession, then you can fucking thrive when the sun's shining and and everything is, is, you know, everything's booming. Maybe it's the best time to start a business because you learn the skills that are, that are going to re- – because like every – it's like when the, you know, the crypto boom was happening and it's like it didn't matter what you did. You put money in any coin and you'd made money and you're like, holy shit, this is fucking great. It's like you don't learn anything from that. We learn everything the hard way from that. We, we didn't learn any – like we learned from when it crashed and we're like, all right, shit, what do we, what do, we do here? It's like what are, what are the lessons that we can take from that? What like, should we have done? What yeah. should we have done? You don't learn anything from from when everything's sun is shining. So again, it's like maybe it's the best time to start a business. Maybe it's the best time to same thing again. I'm too stressed. I'm too busy to start, you know, this diet plan or this this transformation challenge, whatever that might be. It's like, well, do you think you're going to be busy again at some point in the future? Probably. So maybe if you learn to do it now while you are busy, then you'll again you'll be able to be resilient and work through it when you're eventually ultimately going to be busy again in the future. Well, yeah, you you learn to live under budget restraints and you'll learn early on if the business isn't able to survive under a budget then it's not going to survive no matter how big you get. That's what some people don't realize is if your if your margins aren't right early in business what with one product having 100 and selling 100 isn't going to make it anywhere it's actually going to make it just way makes the problem better, bigger, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They feel like they're like, oh, numbers are going up. It's like I'm earning not. way more. It's yeah. like, yep, you're now in more debt. You're actually going backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You you wrote down here in the notes something about 
like <clears throat> another way to view reframing, which I thought was really good, is self care, which is like, uh, and I'll and I'll let you take this one away, but it was more so around like busy mums taking time for themselves and reframing that sort of situation. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy that one in three people instantly feel guilty for taking time for themselves. So, and what I mean by that is just half an hour a day for yourself. Really? One in three people instantly feel too guilty to take half an hour for themselves. So picture we live this whole planet, you know, our whole life and you literally can't take half an hour for yourself because you feel so guilty. Yeah. And I think we need to start to help people to realise we need to reframe that. Like we need to start addressing that for one, but for two is like look at that half an hour. What you don't realise is that half an hour that you give yourself is a domino effect for everyone else. You're actually doing everyone else a favour by giving yourself that half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, if you give yourself, if you actually take the time, you're like, all right, I'm, I feel really guilty. It's like I've got the kids. I'm super busy. It's like I'm so selfish for wanting to take 30 minutes to run off and go to the gym. It's like how could I do that and getting that, you know, as they say, mum guilt or whatever. But looking at it, reframing that as going like, well, do I want to be like the best version of myself for my kids? Am I going to end up a little bit resentful if like a year from now I haven't gone to the gym once and I've let myself go and I'm, I'm – I, you know, it's something that I really value. And it's like the answer is probably yes. So in that scenario, going to the gym, taking that 30 minutes, being selfish is probably the best thing that is the most selfless thing that you could do. Yeah. So the example that I was listening to was he's a personal trainer, right? And so he teaches people to exercise for a living, obviously. So his biggest thing was he felt guilty training himself. Because he was so busy and he was training so many other people, he thought that every time he had to go to the gym, also too because you're running your own solo business, he had to take content, he had to make sure he's filming, he had to make sure, oh, should I have a client in that slot instead of myself? Um, And then he realised the reason that he wanted to start this business, he can't even now do that half an hour because he can't without feeling guilty, if that makes sense. So, like, that one thing that he started his whole business for and not doing it, he was cranky, he was losing clients, he was not as, like, cognitive and straightforward thinking and he wasn't helping his people as best as he could within the business of the reason that he started was going to the gym. Like, that's where it all started was going to the gym and Mm -hmm. he learned how to go to the gym properly and, you know, it all goes from there. But you don't realise it's this big cycle of just half an hour giving it to yourself. Since we've been you know running our business that's something I've definitely felt which is like any time that I'm not working I have this slight underlying guilt that I should be working I should be doing more I should be you know even on the weekends when it's like all right we're gonna actually relax maybe put a movie on or something like that and it's like but you know fucking hustle culture it's like you see these incredibly successful people they're doing like 80, 90, 100 hour weeks and it's like that's what you got to do. You got to grind, 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 grind. And it's like, yes, of course, there is that element of that. But it's like I've been there. I've felt the feelings of burnout and that's not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for the business. It's not helpful for me or for you. So in that scenario, taking the time to actually be, you know, recover and 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 actually bring my stress levels down and relax so that I can come into the to the week feeling super refreshed and I can I can actually be productive and in that scenario view that frame it's like 
that's the best thing that I could do for the business in that situation. So I think that's a really important thing is like, again, like reframing that sort of thing. If you are the sort of person who does feel guilty for either training or, you know, mum guild or mum guild or you're a business owner and you're like, I should just be working, 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 reframe that. Maybe it's the most productive thing that you can do. Maybe you're doing this to be a better mum. Exactly. Do you want to be more present and actually like get rid of your shit and sit down and be present with your kids instead of rushing off? You didn't realize you've been on your phone for half an hour while your kid's trying to like skateboard out the front and get your attention and he falls over. Like, is and then that's your fault because you're on your phone. Like, you don't realize the implications behind it, if that makes sense. And you'll never notice either. Like, it's always going to, it's never going to go, oh, that was because of that. But yep. it is a compounding thing and it's yep. just half an hour a day for yourself. Exactly. And even the only time I really noticed it was we just had obviously Christmas break and I literally pushed myself to go sauna and have – I did like two or three a week and obviously you don't have your phone, you don't have anything and you're in there and you're just breathing and it's like I literally lost weight that week and that's mm. like my number one goal and you don't realise that – it's, and I ate more and everything like that. It was just relaxing. Brought your stress down. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety, 96. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the big point that we wanted to really push with this is, again, is that this, in my opinion, this is a superpower. And when you become aware of it and when you do adopt that growth mindset, it's really powerful. You'll, be, you'll become less stressed within yourself. Uh if you do view everything as a learning opportunity, everything is a learning opportunity and you do become a better version of yourself to, you know, not to be cliche. And the the last point that I want to sort of touch on this, which is really hitting home just how powerful the mind is in this situation is kind of like how I reframed sleep when I was dealing with insomnia and, um, you know, like I, I cornered myself into this position of you know stressing about sleep trying to get eight hours and doing everything within my power to do that and giving myself insomnia and then that one video that i watched from alex hormozy which is like maybe you don't need eight hours of sleep maybe you don't shouldn't be tracking your sleep maybe you shouldn't do all of the routines and stress on it and blah 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 blah. and i've told this story before but it was like after that night it's like i've you know although i still deal with sleep issues it's like my insomnia that i dealt with for two years straight went away and never came back like it like it had and that was just a reframe that was viewing it from a different angle and that had real tangible physiological benefits to me and my health like that is that just shows like just how powerful like you didn't do anything is. different i didn't do anything different yeah. all i did was just think about it differently and just view it through a different lens the same as when like i when i was really dealing with sleep issues and I was sort of training for the for the marathon and I slept like absolute shit, right? I slept like shit and I'm like, fuck me. Like this run is just going to be the worst. I had to run like 28 kilometers. Get out there and I'm running it. Legs are heavy. Feel I feel super drained. I feel fatigued and I'm just running. And like over and over in my head, I'm just going like, this is the worst. This is fucking sucks. I only slept four hours. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks. And then... Again, caught myself. I'm going like, well, hang on. I'm probably going to sleep like shit the night before the marathon. Like that's, that's pretty guaranteed. It's like you're excited, you're nervous. So it's like maybe this is the perfect opportunity to learn to practice running while, you, while you're feeling a little bit 
you know, sleep deprived while you're feeling fatigued. Let's see how good I can get this. Let's see how good I can I can do. Like this is this is great. Like I'm this is the perfect thing. Like I need to do this. I need to practice this. Instantly. Like I felt the fucking stress and I just felt energy come in. I felt the energy come through my body. I had I, I had a spring in my step after that. It was night and day. And that's kind of like the, the power of reframing, I think. Yeah, and the reason we give so many examples is I feel that everyone's penny drops differently. Like you just have to literally listen to it. Like, And I think that self-improvement really is that in, in itself, right? It, everyone has their own version or likes to hear, listen to who they talk to and all those sort of things, um, like listen to who who drops the penny for them but yeah everyone finds it in within their own way um and if you can just the biggest thing you can take away today is just that little moment testing that little moment even if it is like uh, i'm open the fridge and you're like okay but you're trying to diet and then you're like i've opened the fridge and now this is the opportunity that i'm going to use to shut the fridge and not eat anything and like reframe it in a way that i'm going to do that for me like I don't know if yeah. that makes sense, but just those little tiny movement movements yeah. moments are so important. Well, one one, one last example <laughs> that I I did uh, say to you once, which is like you were really hungry, trying to lose weight, and then it was like you were getting a little bit annoyed about the fact that you were so hungry, and it's like, well, think of it this way: if you're not hungry at all, chances are you're probably not losing weight, right? So if you want to lose weight and you need to get hungry to lose weight, isn't this the perfect thing? Like, isn't this exactly what you're chasing? That feeling of hunger? Because obviously you're in a deficit, then obviously you're going to be losing weight. And then again, it just, it's like, it's not like it goes away, but it just becomes a little bit more bearable. Yeah. Like then I was like, oh, so this is the, the, the exact feeling I need to feel. I'm like, ooh, okay. I'm actually losing weight right now. Yeah. So My then body I'm is like, eating itself. Eating itself. Woo. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anything else, anything else on, on, on reframing? I, I, I think that's, I think we've kind of really hit the, hit the nail on the head as usual. We will, you know, there was a really good, uh, podcast that Andrew Huberman did, which was on adopting a growth mindset. He goes into this sort of thing a lot deeper, obviously goes into the research behind everything and just adopting this whole growth mindset. We'll link it in the show notes below, but I, I highly recommend watching that if you're the sort of person who wants to to go a little bit deeper. It's uh, super interesting. Yeah, it really helps you get through, especially if you're going through something really traumatic or family troubles or just life, everyday life, even Anxiety 100. Um, <laughs> it's just, it really helps to just go use that as fuel or how can I change? The easiest one for me is like thinking of the other person. Getting yeah. in the other – what if that person was you? What if you were going through that? Or what if they're having a bad day? What if – and then you can't be angry at that person anymore? Yeah. Um, and it just instantly dissipates. It dissipates away. and then you're not angry, you're less stressed, it's better for everyone, you're less resent, like resentful or reactive. It's just so – can't stress it enough. And another one is what we always say is what would your 80-year-old self say? You know, like that's yeah. another way. And then that also helps – like would you care about that right now? Yeah. And it's like, no. No. No, most so likely not. <laughs> Zoom out. That's another yeah. reframe. Like it's like yeah. I'm really stressed on this one tiny little thing. It's like yeah, hang on a sec. Yeah, the storm in the teacup. I'm the storm in the teacup and it's like, well, hang look on. Look at the teacup like this and be like. Yeah. Or like just oh, remember. look at that shit show. Yeah. Oh, it's shit show in there. <laughs> but like again, like remembering it's like, hang on. Let's just zoom out here. It's like 
we're, we're, we are literally a speck of dust on a blue rock flying through space in an infinite void <laughs> of just trillions and trillions and trillions of stars. And it's like, should I really be this stressed about this? Like, you know, we're yeah, meaningless. Yeah. But he said, she said. He, she said. Them. <laughs> and it's like, we are meaningless in the best way possible. Mm. So just remembering that. Yeah. Okay. With yep. that being said, let's into the next segment. I haven't shown you this yet, um, but I, so I come across this on Twitter, right? And I was like, oh, I really wanted to get your take on it. And uh, it's code X now. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't get on board that. We're such a boomer now. Attitude. It's still like Twitter.com, though, right? Like it's like yeah. It's um. So it's it's still half Twitter. Um, okay, so have a. This is uh, I've seen this pop up on Twitter on X. And it was a photo that Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor put up of, you know, holding his, like, newborn baby, right? And this is uh, – this this tweet what? went viral. I'm just reading – what the <laughs> – wait, what does it say? So this is, this is a tweet. What have we got? It, it have we got a hate woman so I mean a hate man A hate woman <laughs> <laughs> And it was – it says – it's a, a picture of Conor McGregor holding his holding his newborn baby, and it's like very like minutes old, like just was born, yeah, just was born. And this this woman called Larissa says, "What the fuck are men doing this for? Sorry, you're not the nurturers. You're not soft and comforting comforting for a baby, especially not him." Referring to Conor McGregor, you can't feed them. It's fucking creepy. Isn't that just the fucking worst? Ah, uh, Larissa. Yeah, oh, Larissa, oh, you Larissa. need to, yeah. Like there is, you do see this kind of, this outlook a lot more now and whether or not they've just got a voice because of social media. Well, that just, well, that just brings it back to what we were talking about when we first started and that was like, do men get hate? And look at that, there it is. Yeah. As much, like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah but from, from a woman. From a woman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. I just, yeah, I wanted to get like your take on this because in one light, they one of the best things that I think has come from this generation of parents. And this is just from uh, a viewer's perspective. We're not parents yet, but like men are definitely more present now, like especially more than like, you know, our you know, the boomers and, and that sort of age group, like dads weren't as present. They were always sort of working and stuff like that. Not saying that men aren't working now, but they have shown now that men are like the most present that they've ever been with with kids. And and I personally think that's like... The, it's like, great. That's a great yeah. thing. And then you got people like this that are like saying like, it's fucking creepy. It's like, why, the, why you can't actually feed the baby. Like, it's like, it's like, what the... For, like, for one, Larissa... <laughs> Babies need attunement from both sides. Like they need that. They need to understand, who, and they instantly because they can't see. They instantly go for they go for smells, heartbeat, and and like actions. Like and touch, they, yeah, probably. and touch. Yeah. Like that's why they. I always say to my friends, like, make sure at like mostly men. I'm like, take your shirt off. Make sure the baby's on your chest. Like it's literally the number one thing to do. Yeah, he's doing but, it. Yeah, his shirt's he's off. He's doing the his thing. Shirt's like, off, and the baby is sitting on his left pack. On his heart. Like yeah. it's like that. That is number one thing to do. Yeah. And it's I, that's why I wanted to get your take on it because I know that you've, you've, you know, this is something that you're extremely passionate about. You've looked, you've researched it a lot. 
And so the first 75 hours with your baby is the most important. Um, so the mother needs to hold, obviously prioritize, like they always try and take the baby away from you at that time. I don't know why. And like, let you rest. It's like, no, no, no. Say, make sure you say, do not touch my baby. I need to hold it and make sure that you and the father, if you, if you have that available to have them on your chest that whole time, because they're, they're learning who you are. They're, they're, they're growing and they're smelling, they're, they're, it's so new to them. They yeah. need to have that it instant. It is the newest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to have that attachment to you straight away. Yeah. And if you can have the full 75 hours, like you're so that you're so much further ahead than any other mm. like yeah. parents. That's, but, yeah. that's so, it's so interesting. And it's like. But I don't get what, why would she even why be is angry? It creepy? Why like, is it? It's kind of like, um, I've heard this before and. I can't remember where I where I heard this. It was like a news story. I'm I'm not too sure, but it was like a dad was in the the baby change room changing his baby's nappy, and like one of the one of the women in there was like, "You can't be in here. Like that's creepy." And it's like, what? Like what are you talking about? It's insane. Insane. Like yeah, I can't understand why she would get. We're not. You're not the nurturers. You're not so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I can't even. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? I wanted to sort of see because it does have, it's got 380,000 likes. Wow. So I don't know whether that's. No, people, people would scroll and like like his photo and not realize it's her writing it Yeah, off, maybe. I just want to sort of see what a lot of the um, the sentiment was in, in, the, in the comments. So actually that's wrong. Skin to skin calms the baby, father and mother. It's the way the baby starts understanding their parents. Larissa, I'm assuming, doesn't have children or gave birth. Without the father in the room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, she, oh, no. She closed her account. <laughs> oh, she closed her account. <laughs> uh, and, like, there's a highly chan- high chance that she's never met him, obviously. Like, why would why would she have so much hate towards him? Yeah, it's just, like, that's it's just so the nature weird. of the internet, it doesn't right? Make it's any just, sense. like, why go out of your way to... But, I mean, she probably got what she wanted, right? Which is, like, lots of... Lots of engagement, yeah. lots of going no, viral. No, she closed her account. She closed her account. She got a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, wow, that's crazy. Thanks for showing me that. No, no worries. No worries. <laughs> Just gave me some more, you know, fuel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like even going back to like what we were saying before, like it's like that stuff that you just said there again, like about like what you've learned with the first 75 hours with the baby. It's like you didn't know that a year ago. No. So it's like if we'd had a baby a year ago, maybe we would have missed out on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, just coming back to the... Reframing. Coming back yeah. to reframing and, and everything like that. And gratitude. Like Grat- gratitude yeah. helps you get through the hard things as well. Like how's how hard gratitude is when you're cranky? It's the hardest thing. That's sometimes what I mean when I'll I say, say like it's, the, it's easier to be cranky. Sometimes I'll say to you, give me three things, and you're like, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have. You do the same to me. (laughs) You do the same, Um, but it is it it it, that's what I said before. Is it's it's way harder to be to be grateful and to look at everything through the lens of a growth mindset. Like it's not easy, but it is a muscle that gets easier and easier. Which is why when you see people like like you know when you see like Gary Vee and like everything he says is from the lens of gratitude, and it's like 
that is just from like doing it over and over and over again. Strengthening that muscle. Yeah, yeah. like the, you know, what fires together, wires together. And it's like you've just created that neural connection so strong now that now you look at everything through the lens of gratitude. And I think that that's a really important thing. It's just like, which is, you know, I think that's why it's so important to start with maybe just trying to remember once a day to go like, well, what am I grateful for? Because it's like, yes, there is that that benefit of like, you know, in that moment feeling grateful and what that the benefits that that uh, that 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 has on us physically and and physiologically and, and mentally. But it's a rep. Mm. It's a rep. You're firing that a little bit more, which is why, like, I've worked with people in the past. I've worked with clients, and they're like, I don't have anything to be grateful for. And it's like, well, let's let's work this out together. It's like. How small can we start? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have a roof over your head? Yes. Let's just start with that. And let's just let's just work on that. So a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that. And I think it is going back to, you know, with with gratitude, I've fallen into this trap before, which is like, yeah, I write it down. You don't really feel it. Mm. That takes practice. Mm. Like it takes practice to like put yourself and like really think about it. You start feeling it in your stomach, I feel. It's like when you're genuinely grateful, you're like, you get like a, a feeling in your stomach and you feel that that sort of wash over you. It's, it's, it takes practice. And I'm, I'm not perfect at that at all. Like I'm not, I'm actually not very good at grat- um, gratitude. It's just a rap though. I gotta, gotta do more raps. Yeah. Well also on that, you know, the f- negative and positive feelings. Like I learned the other day in a breathwork class, if you sit there like this and frown with your head down, Try breathe. Try to do a deep breath. It's in your chest, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 100%. is instant stress. Where if you sit and o- open your eyes as far as you can, instantly it's in your belly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So it's literally if you're sitting there cranking like. Mm, yep. Because that you generally get that face when you're angry or upset or not doing too well. You're not sitting in the best position. But if you can even even just start with that is just open your eyes and then you can feel it instantly in your belly where it's meant to breathe. Like it's so important. And just like we do 25,000, is it 25,000 breaths a day? It's a lot. And if you can turn some of them around, like, you know, imagine if you're doing all of them like that. It's so bad for you. That's where the chronic stress comes from. So if you can just at least turn, you know, when you think of it, even when you're sitting at the computer working and you're really not enjoying your job or whatever, just at least physically turn it around. Yeah, and that's that's going, you know, that's this is where like the physiological affects the mental and the mental affects the physiological. Like it's like it goes both ways. And if you are feeling really like you're saying like really stressed and really angry and your posture's really bad, just going like, well, I'm still angry, but I'm just going to fix my posture. Mm. Just going to take in more of the the world around me. I'm not going to be so zoned in on this thing. I'm just going to like I can see more of the peripherals around me. I'm going to sit up a little bit straighter take a breath and then all of a sudden your mental state gets better and then same with thing it's like if you again like going back to you know if we just look at everything you know something through the lens of like i'm really stressed this is a really shitty situation hang on what can i learn from this and then all of a sudden you did that mentally you'll feel your body loosen up and breathe better it goes both ways and if also that's where most traumas come from is when when it did happen you didn't sit there in the moment say something happened to you and someone was really mean and you're really upset 
sit there and feel the upset for a second. Give yourself that moment. Feel upset. Be upset. Why am I upset? What is triggering me? How do I feel in this moment? And just be sad. If you don't do that when you do have the thing, then it becomes a trauma. Yeah, it, it's like I'm, I don't want to feel that. Let's just shove it down and we all know what happens there. Yeah. It's like you shove it down <laughs> enough, enough, enough and then boom, it turns into an explosion that's, you know, as we say, it's about pasta, but it's not really about the pasta. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what are we really blowing Why up? Why did they here? blow up about the pasta boiling on the stove? Like, it, yeah, it's it's, it's not, not about the pasta. No. It's about the thing that we've been we've been pushing down and down and down. Um, that's such a good point. So yeah, I mean, that's another technique that I have learned, which again is is something that I I don't use enough, but when I do do it, I'm I feel less reactive. I feel more stressed. I feel less stressed, and that is. Like you were saying, like don't not feel the feeling. Mm. Label it in your mind. It's like I am sad right now. Mm. I'm angry. Mm. I'm jealous. I'm envious. I'm I'm happy. Mm. Like what all emotion of, like, are you feeling? Like what emotion am I feeling? And it's like just being aware of that. Mm. And oftentimes when you sit with it and you're like, I am angry right now. But like think about it. Mm. And what you'll find is like it's 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 known as like metacognition. It's thinking about thinking. And it's like rather than the thoughts just controlling us and then us becoming a slave to our thoughts and just being angry and reactive and blah, 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 going like when you do think about it like that and you just label it in your head, you're like, I am angry right now. Think about it, feel it. It actually creates a bit of space between you and the reaction that's that's ultimately going to come from that anger or that sadness or that jealousy. And all of a sudden we're not as reactive. We're thinking about what we're going to say before we say the thing that's going to piss the partner off or whatever that might be. And again, it just it, it comes back to being a little less stressed, a little less reactive, and then ultimately just not being so ah, all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? What are you noting out about this week? Um, you got your marathon back on? I got the marathon back on, yeah. So... Got that, uh, I've, I've made the switch in my head. You know, this this is um, same old story, right? It's like ran a marathon last year, told myself never going to stop running. I really want to keep this up. But, you know, I think it's such a, you know, maybe it's a me thing, but maybe it's just a human thing. It's like as soon as I didn't have something that I was working towards again, the running just went from like four times a week to three times, times to like maybe <laughs> once or twice a week to then once. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't ran in a month. And it's like, ah, did it like, you know, it's it's a we always do that. So it's like for that's what I'm kind of like nerding at this week is like putting my making that switch in my head again, booking a marathon and just making that. And, and again, it's like. It's it's the same situation, but now like I was running every now and then and the runs were a bit of a drag, wasn't really working towards anything, wasn't feeling that feeling of progress again. And although I'm not as fit as I was six months ago in terms of like running fitness, I've got that excitement back again. It's like I'm working towards something and it's like even though I – again, like I, 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 I found myself saying this the other, other day on the run, I'm like, oh, God, like I'm getting like – I'm so much less fit than I was six months ago. I should have just kept running. I could have been so much further ahead right now. Hang on. How can I reframe this? 
now I get to feel that feeling of progress again. Like that's, there was such an exciting time when I went from like not being able to run at all to running a marathon. And it's like every week was like progress, progress, progress. I get to feel that feeling again. Like it's great. I love it. What are you noting out on? Um, I, at the moment I'm still, learn, I'm still reading the book Scattered Minds by Garbo Mate. Yep. Uh, however you say his name. Um, pretty much it's about ADD and ADHD. And the more I study, the more I realise I'm potentially may have it. Um, just all the tendencies I've never yet felt so heard in a book. Um, so my goal has been to try and work with that type of brain. Understanding that that is my brain and it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. It's just a It's, it's just, just different. A different. Yeah. yeah, it's a difference in brain. You've literally got a different brain and learning where it come from and how it happened and um, I've been working with me, with like last week I ensured that I, I I got to the gym. I did all my gym. I did all my walks. I did it. Like I'm actually ticking like off what, more things. What did you change in your mind or your schedule to now be ticking those things off, getting the hitting your quota for the gym for the week or whatever that might be? So attaching it to something that I do like, something that I don't like. I don't really love the gym. So I attached it to something I do like. I like going for my coffee and my walk with Daisy. I attach it to that and I've been doing it. So it's like and then making sure when I do feel like going to the gym, I just drop everything and go. Like for some reason with our type of brain, it just if you feel like doing it, do it. Like mm-hmm. if you feel like going for a 10-minute walk, just go. Otherwise, if you plan for a 10-minute walk, you're not going to go. Interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then also on the other side of things with work is like just really – if I don't feel like doing something, just don't. Just do something else. And then you'll just come, like naturally come back to doing the jobs right. later because you know that you've got to do it anyway. Um, but if you really don't feel like doing it, just push it. Just just don't. Just don't. And what about like the actual like gym sessions themselves? Do you have to keep them interesting? Do you have to keep them like novel and change things up pretty regularly? Yes, yeah, so I've got a new program which is like keeping me and I'm really enjoying it, which is good. Um, and I'm actually having to like um, research what exercises are what. So it's like keeping me really engaged, learning what it is um, and tracking progress and things like that, which is helpful. But you would say like the biggest thing has been attaching it to something that you enjoy? And not just like pushing it to later in the day. Yeah, by itself, I won't go. Yeah. Where if I attach it to something that I do enjoy and like I – so I have a walk, come home, have something to eat and just go and then don't – and again, not letting that guilt of, oh, I should be working, I put the, the gym first and mm-hmm. go, then I've just felt way better. That's so interesting. Um, do you reckon you'll get tested for the – Yeah, I think I will, yeah. Yeah. i got to put that on – I think that's such a good thing to, you know, whether or not you're the sort of person that whatever it might be, maybe you fall a little on the spectrum, maybe you have ADD or ADHD or whatever that might be. Like I think it is very, you know, not that I fall on either of those spectrums, I don't think, um, but like I really realised last, this last year or two like how important routine and systems are to me, complete opposite to you, but like, <laughs> That's just the way my brain works. It's like it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. And it's like, all right, well, how can I, you know, how can I uh, engineer my life to to have those things? Like I've realized that like if I don't have a system in place to do the laundry or whatever that might be, it just starts piling up. And it's like once you start learning about how your individual unique 
brain works, mm. it's like then you can then you can start working with it. It's not like you know when it just feels like you're just always pushing shit uphill and it's like ah. Well, I was actually getting quite depressed on myself because I was obviously comparing to you that it is very regimented and routine based and I was like, why am I not like this? And I was just like quite getting and then I started getting frustrated with myself that I can't stick to things and then, you know, like everything kept sticking out. Like I was like, what's wrong with me? Like am I just dumb? Like I just couldn't understand why I was doing these certain things and now that I've been reading and learning and understanding that we just do things a different way, we just go around about it a different way. then um, it's really been helping and I'm not angry at myself and I'm not – if I do just start doing the laundry in the middle of something else, then that's – it's okay. It's just that's who you are. That's what – and it's just really been helping, if that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, look, if you made it this far, uh, we we really appreciate you. Uh, If you could do us the biggest favour in the world – uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're listening, uh, leave us a review. Uh, the more that we uh, can grow this podcast and this channel, uh, the bigger that we can make the things that we do and, you know, eventually we want to start getting guests on the things like that. So uh, if you could do that for us, it would mean the absolute world. And with that being said, we'll see you next week. Bye.